JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the thickest double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, good afternoon. What a great day yesterday down at the District Tab. Shout out to everybody that came down and spun the wheel. We had lines for the wheel. People walked away with tickets, not only to the race, but to the Miller Lite party deck, both on carb day and on race day. It was just great to see everybody down there. So thank you all yesterday, and again, thanks to Jeff, who has run District Tap downtown for a long time. Now he's going back to his home state of Texas, and Brian has taken over. Great time. Great food. Ice cold Miller Lite was a fantastic time yesterday, so thank you, everybody, that joined us. I did a little bit earlier, uh, because you know me, I, I like to hang out. Um, I don't have a lot of people in which I would not hang out with uh, maybe a handful, <laughs> but not too many. And I, I do. I love hanging out with, with listeners and listeners that are more than just that. They're friends. So I go to the uh, working men's friend a little bit earlier today. Unfortunately, I did not order anything but a beer. Uh, I go there a little bit earlier today because J-Law and BT do were there with our guy. I want to give a shout out to Jim McCann, who listens daily to not just this show, Monday through Friday, but the Saturday show, the JMV Takeover on B105.7. He listens six days a week on the app or a variety of apps. And Jim McCann was in town from Southern California. And I met up with them a little bit afternoon today and hung out for a little bit. It was great to see Jim. Great to see my friends, uh, whether it's uh, FUBAR Loungewise with J-Law or BT Do. And then I got to run into a couple of legends. So there was uh, an old school Channel 13 table to my left. I didn't notice it until the guys pointed it out. And I went over and talked a little bit to the great Ann Ryder and the great Don Hine. 
I mean, you talk about greatness right there. That's where it is. Legendary in this market. Both the Heiner and Ann Ryder. It was awesome to see them. Sat down and had a quick conversation about, you know, those days. And those were even the days. I think Don Hine was on a couple of different times while I was doing Channel 13. I did Channel 13 for three years, Weekend Sunrise, from 06 through 09 and had a blast. But I think I saw Don do a couple of shows over there. But it was great to see Don. It was great to see Ann. And it is always great to to see in front of you and talk to, converse with the history. The history, especially in something in which I do in this market. Because both, both of them meant a lot. They backed in 13. I don't know how it is right now. But 13, every single night, basically you knew you were going to go. But it was great to see them. Really was. And uh, my friends as well, and Jim McCann from Southern California. So a shout out to the legends, the legends of Channel 13, in which I got to see a little bit earlier today with uh, Becky and the gang over at Workingman's Friend. They're going to have a fantastic weekend. It always is when it is race time here in town. It is Fast Friday. Jake Query just updated you on that. You know, even before the start of the month of May, and especially now since we got into it, I have been wanting to pick again to Kumasato. I've been wanting to do that. And obviously for a number of years, I think like five out of the last six, I've gone with Ed Carpenter. But Takumasato, I think, is giving everybody a lot of reasons why you would want to pick him, not just this weekend for the poll, but for race day as well. Because the dude's won it already a couple of different times, so he certainly knows how to do it. He is talented as hell, and he goes for it, which has cost him before, too. But it's also paid off for him. And now being a part of a new race team, obviously a a strong race team, this is is shaping up like a Takuma Sato type of 107th running of the greatest spectacle in racing. Now, I'm sure he's going to be thrilled with me saying that because I'm sure bad luck will ensue now because of it. But still, I don't know if I would do it for the poll, but that may end up being my race day selection coming up. Takuma Sato. Get you an update coming up from the track here in at the end of the 3 o'clock hour. At the PGA Championship at Oak Hill that is going on right now. We'll get you updated on that. We got baseball going on, too. Had another NBA game last night. Now, it's kind of funny. We were talking about this with Bob Kravitz, and actually Bob was the one that brought it up yesterday. Bob brought it up yesterday. We had talked about it. And then I think I saw a tweet from Stephen Holder of ESPN.com talking about it as well. If you remember, double back to the 4 o'clock hour yesterday when I had asked Bob Kravitz because Chris Ballard had told me and others, not exclusively me, but and others, his intentions regarding Jonathan Taylor and how they want to keep him around for an extended period of time, make him that focal point. So I asked Bob Kravitz yesterday exactly how this is going to go down. Do they still feel that way, or is there a little bit more skepticism in there right now regarding it? 
And obviously, the first thing that always pops up in terms of running backs is, well, that's just not how they're paid any longer. I will say this. I think that you amply pay a player whose needs you can't do without, you can't be without, you can't be successful without. That's how I look at it. And there is no doubt that this group here, and hopefully they are getting some sort of a reboot of thinking. But it didn't seem like it was just, all right, this is how we're going to play. This is what I believe in. And this is how we're going to do it. And you know, we've talked about over the years, the wide receiver position and whether or not they take that seriously. And believe me, they would take offense for me saying that. And I don't blame them. But it doesn't look like that until maybe now or the start of now, they are going to begin to take that seriously and understand what it really means. But now you're going to have your long-term, hopefully future quarterback. Is it a slam dunk that Jonathan Taylor gets a high dollar extension? That's what we talked about with Bob Kravitz for a little bit yesterday. I... I would still believe that there is no doubt that's what they want to do and that's what they're going to do. But you wonder if there are a lot of things that play a role in this decision-making that have gone down that make you at least kind of rethink, and that may be the wrong way to describe it, maybe just bring it back up and, well, here's where we are right now and things may have changed. Uh, the dollar amount, I'm sure. And remember, because of injuries and then, you know, beyond that, just you know, not having a good offense, there was a season that was not good for Jonathan Taylor a year ago. So price tag wise, does that bring it down? So I'll sit here and tell you this, just like I said yesterday to Bob, I still think that they firmly believe that he's going to be a part of the long term future. And they still want to maintain that with an extension. I just don't know if it is as rock solid as it once was. Do I still think they're going to do it? Yes. Do I think it's rock solid? No. Uh, We talked about that yesterday. If you missed that conversation I had with Bob Kravitz of The Athletic, the columnist, podcast 1075thefan.com. We did not only that, but also with Mike Chappell, a couple of deep dives on a lot of things we haven't talked about around here in a while. Not even so much about whether or not the quarterback, the rookie, should start in week number one. But what makes this team competitive? And when I brought that up to Mike... He did agree. While it is a very boring, when you look at it for face value right now, 2023 NFL schedule for the Colts, it is conducive to being able to compete with these teams. Now, there have been more than just a handful of teams in the past that have been successful in a season when you thought they weren't going to. I'm not suggesting this team is going to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that the dull schedule that you see couldn't make things more workable in terms of competition and interest for this team this year. Now, again, as boring as it looks, and it does look incredibly boring, you can be and really you should be competitive with it.
You should be. You know, people ask me all the time, well, they're going to win more than four games, right? Four games in one tie. I would hope so. With that schedule, I would hope so. Because if you don't, I mean, if you just win on the other side of four or you kind of maintain that, that's organizational flaws right there. That's not necessarily just built around the ineffectiveness and the struggles of a rookie quarterback. With this schedule, combined with what you still are supposed to have built in that are workable production-wise, you should be able to compete in a lot of these games. Why shouldn't you? Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to surprise and be a wild card or be a contender for the AFC South. I'm just talking about being competitive. This team was, at times, competitive last year. We just tend to forget the level of competitive nature last year because it was a clown show. All the other stuff kind of covered it up. Last year was a clown show. But to me, you look at the schedule and, again, not suggesting they're going to win it, not suggesting they're going to win 10 games. I know some people have. I'm not there just because the quarterback that everybody wants to see, the quarterback that we should see, you have no idea how that's going to be. None. And it's all just a guess. It's all just a guess, and some people will turn out to be accurate. If there are struggles there, I'll turn out to be accurate. Uh, If there aren't and they surprise, then others that suggest that he's going to to translate sooner rather than later, we'll be right. But, man, nobody really knows. You could show me all the tape in the world, all the video in the world, and and there are moments when it looks great, but you can also dig up moments where equally it doesn't. I just want to see the dude play in week one. And it's not me trying to force that, that square peg in a round hole of a guy that's not ready, it's the disappointment that will surround if your fourth overall selection, the future a quarterback, no matter his age or inexperience, is not ready to go. Or you deem him not ready to go. Because Mike Chappell brought up a great point yesterday. All right, so you're going to be more ready in week two? going to be more wet ready in October? More ready about the time in November when you go to Germany? Why would you be able to be even more ready once the season gets underway. So, to me, that would be problematic. But the competition should be there. Oh, there's no doubt there are serious holes in this team with this personnel. And there's a lot of got-your-fingers-crossed stuff here. I mean, you're just talking about the evolution of the quarterback. I'm talking about the offensive line that has basically been unchanged other than Assuming here at some point, the right guard. But everything for the most part that went sour a year ago that didn't work a year ago is the same thing you're going to be looking at this year. And that comes with hope. That comes with hope that because the quarterback was so bad slash immobile slash bad decision maker. Remember how good of a combination Phillip Rivers was? with this similar offensive line years prior? Remember how good of a combination that was? 
Offensive line didn't have to protect very long whatsoever. You know, it's basically set, snap, throw. It's like that. Offensive line, protection-wise, looks really good with set, snap, throw. Offensive line doesn't look good with drop back, look, look, look. Oh, wait a minute. Throw it five yards. Start running here. I mean, that doesn't look good. So there's hope there that with more of an athletic presence, even if that presence is running for his life, hopefully not, but even so. Because I know what you're saying. I So you expect this 2021-year-old 20, rookie quarterback to have quick decisions like Phillip Rivers. I don't. I don't. But he does have mobility. Now, I don't know where we're going in terms of extending the play here. Probably not good. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But there is a lot of hope riding on that offensive line, basically with all the same parts being better than they were, which was pretty close to disastrous a year ago. And oh, by the way, the guy that's coaching them up has a great deal of pressure on him, too, because he has been deemed not so much by the Colts and the coaching staff and the organization, but by those that follow, he's been deemed Tony Sperano Jr. as a savior. You never know. This group may not be ready to be saved. May not be savable. There's a lot on his shoulders to come in. Because everything kind of just flowed blame-wise to Chris Strasser a year ago. Now, most of the time, if you remember, it really didn't come down to the offensive line and people deeming that their fault. Most of the time, it was, well, look at the quarterback. Yeah, look at the you know, offensive line, the coaching. Obviously, the coach is not the guy getting it done here. There is a lot of hope riding on something, and that's something Mike and I talked about yesterday is the fact that they really didn't do, and they still have time to do something. I mean, you can find a right guard out there. That's why people always get a little bit salty in terms of how much you pay the left guard. You can find it out there, but there is a lot of hope that this thing comes together and is conducive with the offensive line to a much better season than they had a year ago, which for that group and that team was embarrassing. Not a lot of changes, but certainly a lot of hope. We can talk that over if you like. Again, yesterday, both Mike Chappell and Bob Kravitz, Good Colts Conversations, Podcast 1075thefan.com. Bob Lovell is going to be back from Indiana Sports Talk. This is about the time of year when he takes over a hiatus. And remember, coming up here after the race, we're going to start it again. And a lot of you have asked, hashtag Ask Pat, Pat Sullivan. Sullivan Hardware and Garden will be back. Hashtag Ask Pat with your questions. I got a lot. I've been doing a lot outside. I got a lot of questions. Now, I go, normally I go straight to the source. But what's funny is I'll ask a question of Pat, and then he'll give me this answer, and this answer will have a lot of work in it. And I go, I don't know about that. Like a lot of work. I, I just want this magically, I guess, to occur, right? Yeah, there's a lot of work in that. But he gives away stuff, always a great time, and that is a summer, late spring, early summer staple of this show. 
Hashtag Ask Pat with Pat Sullivan starts once again coming up after the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. Fast Friday going on out there today. Qualls tomorrow. Poll day coming up on Sunday. Hopefully I'll see many of you out there on Sunday. We got something going on, I believe, in the chalet, or as they say where I'm from in Greene County, the chalet. Something going on in the chalet on Sunday, but we'll be out and about, hanging out, watching. We'll see what happens, and then we'll vault into the week before the greatest spectacle in racing with a lot going on. I got a tavern tour stop coming up next week. That's at Eddie's in Noblesville on Thursday. Carb Day coming up on Friday with Soul Asylum and Brian Adams. That should be a blast. And uh, the weekend. And not the performer of the weekend, but the weekend itself of racing. Hey, who is the uh, Grand Marshal? What's that, Beatrice? Who is that? Actress? Oh, you know who I'm Stephanie, talking about? Stephanie Beatrice or Give something? Give me a little background because you're probably very, very much so young and hip. Stephanie Beatrice. You she got was a background? In, she was in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's Brooklyn what I know Nine-Nine. That's I've what never I seen I, that's a really 9. Good show. 9.9 seconds of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a really good never show. Never in my life. What's good about it? Is that the Andy Samberg? Yeah, Andy Samberg. It's got Andre Bauer, uh, Terry Crews. Um, mm. it's, it's really funny. It's really good. I always thought that Andy Samberg was a little underrated as a comedian. I thought he's pretty funny. That's it. Uh, that's funny because I actually was never a huge fan of his until I saw Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't like him on SNL? I thought he was okay because he he's the one favorite. that came up with the uh, crank in the box. Oh yeah, and Lonely Island. Like that's funny. But I, he's kind of like Jim Carrey is for yeah. you. You're not a huge fan of him, but uh, in Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think he's great. Crank in the box may go down in the history of SNL as the greatest skit of all time. It's either that or it's, um, what's his name, Chris Farley, the motivational speaker. Oh, okay. Right, that one. Living in a van down by the river. Mm-hmm. And then before that, you probably, maybe you go to Eddie Murphy's celebrity hot tub party with James Brown, uh, Velvet Jones, all the Stevie Wonder stuff Eddie Murphy did. <laughs> that stuff does make me laugh. <laughs> But no, probably cranking the box, and that was that was Andy Samberg's, right? Yeah, that was uh, Lonely was Island. Idea. Yeah, yeah. What's Lonely Island? It's the uh, it's the musical group that kind of does ah, that song and gotcha. uh, threw it on the ground and stuff like that. Pretty good, right there. It is. So Stephanie Beatrice Brooklyn Nine Nine is that NBC now? Didn't it used to be on Fox? I think Did it so. Transition? And then the last two seasons they were on NBC. Stephanie Beatrice is going to be the uh, Grand Marshal. Mr. Grand Marshal, the streets of Faber are yours. Bob Lovell, bottom of the hour. That's an Animal House reference right there. Mike Chappell of ESPN Radio coming up in the five. And I get a show for you later on tonight. I know there's a lot to do, a lot on your mind. Got Meekum going on at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. That's going to be a blast. Our good friend Clayton Anderson's at the Amphitheater in Franklin. That is a nice outdoor venue. Now, I know that the weather looks to be a little bit iffy. But if you're in and around Johnson County, that may be it right there. Uh, I'm going to hype that up for Clayton a little bit. Friend of the show coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. 500 tickets. When I'll give you the shout for that reentry. Dazed and confused the reentry for your opportunity. To uh, to win yourself Aerosmith tickets. And yeah, I know we are celebrating. I haven't mentioned it yet. Today is the anniversary 
of, simply put, one of the greatest films of all time. And that would be Roadhouse. The late, great Patrick Swayze. And by the way, they're about to remake it again. And I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but this is going to make me really not like him. I just guarantee it. Seriously, I mean, I like half of white men can't jump. I don't have anything against like Jack Harlow, but I just, come on, man. Come on. But it is the anniversary. This date in 1989, film greatness was unleashed upon the nation. And you learn the names of Dalton, of Wade Garrett. You saw Hean and Sheehan on the roof of a barn where Dalton lived in the loft with no heat, no electricity. I guess he did have electricity. They had a radio on. I don't know if he had a toilet, though. Did he have plumbing? Brad Wesley. Mm. This date in 89 brought you film-related greatness. We will recount that over the course of the afternoon as well. Your chance to win inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. Good afternoon to everybody there. HD Radio is in full effect. The stream, the app to 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Get a skinny little runt named Dalt. Put me beer away, I'll be back. Oh, how you like that? How's it going, Mio? Mind your own business, Dad. Oh, that's 1989. <laughs> Terry Funk got his ass whipped, too. That was beautiful. Oh, I love it. Roadhouse, today, 1989. We celebrate greatness on this show. And a shout-out to Marshall R. Teague. Does anybody know who Marshall R. Teague might be? Marshall R. Teague was the actor who has been on the show before that played the tough, the the top-of-the-line tough for Brad Wesley. He played Jimmy. Marshall R. Teague. Damn, boy, I thought you were good. So, shout out to Marshall R. Teague. That's outstanding work right there. A top of the hour, Mike Wells is going to join us from ESPN Radio. Clayton Anderson is going to be here in the five. Got a show later on tonight down in Franklin. And speaking of Franklin, stake that in Franklin as we speak. Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight as he winds down the season for him before he goes on his summer hiatus. It's Bob Lovell on a Friday with us. Hello, Bob. John, how are you today? Bob, are you ready to go for this stretch run, for your stretch drive to get to your vacation? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I am. I I still can't believe it's been as long as it's been. But, yeah, it's it's a great time of year. You get excited because of the race and everything involved with it. So uh, there's a certain symmetry to it, if you will. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was going to ask you this, too, before we get into – I want to get to a couple of spring sports items, certainly with Max Clark and Franklin, a lot of people, and certainly a lot of scouts going out and watching him play. You've got um, 
uh, Keegan Rothrock at uh, Ron Colley, and we've talked about this before in softball and baseball. Indiana may have the best two players in the nation, mm-hmm. not only within the state of Indiana, but really within Johnson County because both are from Johnson County. I'll get to that and maybe a little bit of the track season in a minute. What do you think about the revamp of the rules? I talked to Greg Rakestraw about that, the elimination, if you will, the one-on-one moving forward in Indiana high school basketball. Did you like that? It's a bold move. I mean, literally, uh, were you surprised? I was surprised, um, quite frankly. And, I, and I, clearly, uh, I, I see both sides to it. I think it's very interesting from a coach's standpoint. Yeah. Um, my teams are going to need to be ahead late in the game. <laughs> it's, it may, may make it a little more difficult to come from behind. Uh, there, you don't have as many things that you can manipulate now. Uh, and, and secondly, is if you don't already spend enough time shooting free throws in practice, uh, you probably carved out a few more minutes on a daily basis to go to the free throw line and and work on that. I mean, it. Um, I, I think it's um, I think it's really interesting uh, in terms of how how they've done it. Uh, clearly, I don't I don't think we know what's going to happen. Uh, I think we have some we can guess on what it's going to happen, but you know, again, it it'll alter how people approach the game, how they coach it, how they play it, and uh, I, I I hope it works. I think it will. I think it'll it give. Her Excitement down the stretch, if you, if you will. But uh, it's just a little inkling that it was happening, so I was really surprised. And uh, I haven't done as much research on it as I need to, but it, I was I was really kind of uh, excited to hear about it. Uh, the is it necessary to you? And one of the explanations utilized was, and, and again, maybe I'm making too much out of it, probably so, but hey, I got news for you. That's what I do. So maybe making yeah. too much out of this. But part of the explanation was the noted injuries that have happened in the past coming off of the uh, the miss off the first of that one and one. I mean, I, I kind of went, all right, <laughs> just say you want to eliminate it. I don't know if you have to go there. I don't know if I've even ever seen anybody injured off the miss, the first miss of a one-on-one. That was kind of weird. To me, that's um, kind of a specious argument. I'm not sure that I, I follow the logic. <laughs> I would either. have to say in, in my over 20-year coaching career, never saw it. Yeah. But, um, you know, people, I suppose, have different ways of looking at it. I think that you know, one of the things, look, you and I both, we all know end of game scenarios can go on forever. I mean, forever. Um, if you're the team that's behind and you get the benefit of your opponent missing free throws, you'll love it. Uh, and, and you don't really want to change. But, um, yeah, this is good. I think this is a, this is a major change without question. Uh, it'll be very interesting uh, to see how it plays out clearly. And again, I'm not exactly sure about the uh, genesis of the idea, the justification of the idea. Uh, time will tell if this is a good or a bad move. To Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night, getting you set for the greatest spectacle in racing. But first, you've got qualifying, you've got poll day that will be discussed coming up later on this evening. Bob with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And uh, as a part of CarX, your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. That's CarX.com today. This has been a spectacular spring sports season, too, here in mm-hmm. the state of Indiana. And really, I would guess, right, because of the the two individuals in baseball and softball that I brought up to you a little bit earlier, 
probably directly related to them. I, we've just I don't think we've ever seen two players that would be number one nationwide in baseball and in softball and spring sports like this, certainly in the state of Indiana. We've talked about this prior, but you ever seen anything like this? And they're having no. they're having seasons exactly how you expected to. Spectacular. The you know I've never seen it, John, and I think it underscores number one how talented they are in their respective sports. I don't think there's any question. Um, They've been on great teams, travel teams as kids. They've benefited from tremendous coaching. And and, uh, skill-wise, they're tremendous. I mean, Max Clark, bat speed, power, uh, does everything. Um, He is uh, clearly, I'm a Franklin resident, so we're incredibly proud of him. But uh, he, he has the entire package. And People thought he had big things ahead for a long, long time, and Keegan has just been dominant for two straight years. I mean, think about it. They, they dominated last year. They're continuing to dominate right now, and so uh, it's unique. I mean, think about it. We don't, uh, we've had talented kids in football, basketball, uh, track and field, whatever, but uh, the, the field sports, the baseball uh, and softball, same year, uh, to have two Indiana kids, as you mentioned, uh, so dominant, uh, it is unprecedented. Not exactly sure when you'll see it again either. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's uh, Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk coming up later on tonight. This news just broke. Um, legendary football player, leader, activist, visionary, Jim Brown, certainly noted from the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. has passed away. And I was going to ask you this. Um, when, when you were growing up and you were a lover of sports at those moments, what did – and I know that he was done by the time that I believe you were, were growing up and you were in high school then, but what did his legend on the football field mean to you? How was he talked about and described, he being Jim Brown, in an era in which you were growing up and loving sports well i was uh you know I was, I was very well aware of jim brown he was the dominant running back browns were really really good and and he was he was fun to watch because he punished everybody if you tried to tackle him literally you, you were going to get punished for for tackling him and and his ability uh to to uh, just somehow some way find an opening and if there wasn't one there he'd create it he had great speed he had great power uh, got to the uh, to the line of scrimmage quickly. Uh, shed the first tackler very quickly. Uh, could catch the ball. Uh, get get out and and be a pass receiver. The teams he played on were really really good. Also, you know, I was at an age too where you know his involvement and his social issues were strong. You paid attention to him. He was a man of respect. Uh, he commanded respect uh, because of what he stood for as an individual and as an athlete. And um, just an unbelievable presence on and off the field. That, those are clear memories for me. Yeah, I think about it from this standpoint, too. This was still before me, but in in my recollection, um, not one of the first actors that made a transition from sports, but mm-hmm. certainly as far as an African-American making that transition from being a sports star to starring in a major motion picture in 1969 with Burt Reynolds and Raquel Welch with 100 Rifles, which is is, is a little bit before me, but still right. a fantastic movie. I, I mean, he, he just he, he his his footprint is incredibly large throughout 
you know, many levels of of what he has gone through from sports star to, again, just becoming the legend as we hear of his right. passing today. He's one of those rare individuals, John, who, who was uh, everything in which he was involved. Uh, he did it extremely well. Uh, and he also was a man who stood for things. Uh, you knew where he stood. You knew what he was about. Uh, and and uh, in addition to a stellar career, uh, he made quite an impact uh, in, in terms of um, human rights, uh, rights of individuals in our in our country. Um, he was a, a commanding figure, and, and people gravitated toward him because uh, of how he handled situations and situations for you knew exactly what he stood for. He's a man of integrity, uh, a man of honor. And, um, yeah, again, everything he did, he did uh, at a world-class level. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bob Lovell, uh, thank you very much because that just happened as we were talking right there, and I thought you would have the yeah, absolute perfect perspective on that, too. So that is yeah. Uh, yeah. well done. Yeah. All right, so final final two weekends of uh, your right. season until hiatus. What's going on tonight, tomorrow, not in your world? Oh, it's all track, John. You know how that is. Um, <laughs> got the got got qualifications coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk some basketball, talk a little bit of baseball too. But uh, the primary emphasis this weekend and next week will be the Indianapolis 500, and uh, it's a great time of year. Uh, it reminds all of us how lucky we are as Hoosiers to be involved in the world's largest single-day sporting event and how we need to take it seriously, and I think we do. And it just uh, amazes me uh, how it, it seems to grow and people seem to um, care about this race. And so we will do our best to do our part for it. You'll do it. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Car X locations via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Tonight, tomorrow night, he's got you covered across the state of Indiana. Bob, appreciate you. Have a great one. And uh, maybe coming down to Franklin tonight, my friend Clayton Anderson's playing at the amphitheater. Come by the house. Uh, you can <laughs> we, we can hear the amphitheater from my front porch. So, uh, oh, can you real? So sometimes he invites me on stage to sing "Friends in Low Places." Well, you're that's an appropriate song for you, I think. So <laughs> I just don't I know don't it. Particular attention <laughs> to that song. I think I know like the very beginning, and that's about it. Then I gotta, <laughs> I gotta mumble my way through it the rest of the way. But no, seriously, yeah, sit on your front porch, and we'll come over. May have to dry off though. It may be raining, so we'll see. Well, let's hope not. All right, Bob. I appreciate you, man. Have Bob, a great thanks. night. Thank you. It's a Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. Yeah, blame it on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair. That's about as far as I go with friends in low places. Uh, And again, Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown, has passed away. I saw that via an announcement of the Cleveland Browns and have retweeted that. I mentioned the film... 100 rifles in 1969 he was also in the film i think running man right have you seen the running man he was in that as fireball and most notably if you watch any of the um richard pryor especially richard pryor live on sunset strip he was a confidant to richard pryor when richard pryor was going through his incredibly most troublesome times um meaning setting himself on fire 
But Richard Pryor has some great stand-up regarding Jim Brown and live on Sunset Strip. Did not know that. Yeah, Jim Brown passes away earlier today. Quick break. We'll come back. Mike Wells, top of the hour, ESPN Radio, Clayton Anderson at the 5 o'clock hour, 500 tickets, Aerosmith tickets, and more. And we'll recap what happened last night in the NBA, Western Conference Finals Game 2 on the other side, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. and 107.5. The Fan. Hour two. Welcome back. This is a walk-up, talk-up. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from ESPN Radio. It's Mike Wells. Wait another minute. I can't wait another minute for your love. Good evening. You look so fly. In my eyes away. The um, Mike Well slow jam re-entry. If you were ever to be a part of a song, produce a song, would you have a slow jam walk up, talk up like that? Like talk it up? I think the song sounds automatically cooler if you talk it up with the walk up. Oh, yeah. Don't you? Oh, yeah. If you have a walk up, that tells you you got game. You yes. were casting Nova, and you know you're going to close the deal. It's like H- it's like H Town, like H Town and knocking boots. They they they're walking that thing up the entire way, and you know that they're they're sealing the deal. Oh yeah, with, 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 <laughs> without a doubt, man. H H Town, they had one thing on their mind, one thing only, <laughs> and they was they was gonna knock it out the park. If you know what I mean. <laughs> no, they were. I know they were. I was jealous. I was that by the way, high five, June first, ninety one. I can't wait another minute from high five as the Mike Wells ESPN radio slow jam re entry. What's going on? Nothing much, man. Um are you talking about anything other than eighty five hundred this month? Oh yeah, I've been all over the board here. Some local stuff. Yeah, you got uh, Pacers draft lottery. They're gonna draft one of your favorites at number seven overall, right? So <laughs> which, yeah. which one's that? Who who you got them taking? Um, I don't. I don't know. To me, it, it like I know Jerace Walker is a guy from Houston. Everybody kind of mentions at number seven. I think Anthony Black of Arkansas is another guy they mentioned at seven. But it kind of makes you wonder with the picks that they have if they wanna, if they feel it's maybe one of two things here, Mike. I mean, Portland, Portland going to utilize number three overall. What would it take to get up there from the Pacers to number three? And the other aspect with what they have to offer, the other aspect is you drafted seven, like maybe a name that I just mentioned, and then you parlay what you have still in the first round and try to either jump back into the teens, which I doubt, or try to put something together that would bring in an already established player, which I I would be completely on board with. 
I'm 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 on board with the mindset of they got all the what what is what is it three first round picks uh, three yeah yeah I'm packaging all three of those to get a you know even if it means you got to trade you know what I mean if you're gonna fall back in the draft later in the first round um, to get whatever team's uh, first round pick along with a veteran player that you think is gonna help push you over the top I'm I'm all for it I I personally uh, correct me if I'm wrong but. I'd be shocked if they use all three first round if they, if they all three three first round picks by the Pacers yeah, were used yeah. by them. Yeah, you know what? And yeah, you're not going to be shocked. They're not. They're not going. I'm just trying to guess to see where they may end up going with this because they they may have options and an option that I think maybe occurred on Tuesday night with Portland. You know, in Portland, and, and and who knows how this truly is going to go down. But Portland talking about how they want to win now and build something with Lillard. And maybe being okay with with trading back and and getting some more picks or doing something. It's just okay. it's interesting let, how they may want to go about it. So let me let me ask you this. Yeah. So let's just say the Pacers Pacers are interested and say let's jump up. They want to jump up to number three. They got to give up obviously number seven and probably at least one of their um, uh, other first round picks. And, and Portland wants a veteran player to go with uh, with Dame time. Which player would you be? I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I don't know Portland's roster like the like the back of my hand or anything, but I would like to think Miles would probably be a guy that Portland would want to go with the name. Let me tell you this: I think Miles, and I'm going to get laughed at here by a lot of people out there, but they can smooch it if they want to. You know that, Mike? They can smooch it. Um, I think Miles would be the target of basically anybody. That want to try to yeah. do a deal with the Pacers. You know, people talk about Buddy Heald. Uh, the, the same can be said about what, what you're going to get for Buddy Heald. Like, I like Buddy Heald. His volume three-point making is what I like. Being a threat, have to be guarded is what I like. He can't guard a chair. That's problematic. He's probably going to have to come off the bench. All right. But there's nobody going to respond or really probably, you know, in, in terms of really making a big deal, it's not going to be Buddy Heald. It would be that of Miles Turner. I don't expect them to shop him, but I expect a lot of teams to come at them with his friendly contract to see if they can pry him away because there's one thing that everybody still knows, and even if he did get extended, right, they know that basically every year for the past five years he's seemingly been on the trading block or been available or been talked about, and basically they were going to you know, bounce him a year ago with the uh, – DeAndre Ayton offer sheet back in July had Phoenix not ended up matching that. So I think every other team out there that would like to have a a big guy that's a defensive presence and a three-point maker and a good guy dive into the hoop would probably have a little bit of interest. I bet you if they're going to make a call, if anybody makes a call to the Pacers, that's the first thing they talk about. Well, first of all, here's the thing, uh, John. Nobody should be laughing at what you said. No, they because, shouldn't, but they I mean, probably do. They, 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 they should because you look at the makeup of this roster, the makeup of the roster, the young pieces, the young core pieces. I think Buddy Hill's he, Buddy Hill's better suited to be a six man of the year candidate type guy. You know, you know, uh, Vinny Johnson, Vinny Johnson, microwave style, come off the bench and give you some buckets that way to mean in a certain lineup. But as far as core guys in a certain lineup, you 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 look at that that makeup. It, it's it's basically miles. That's it. Because all the other guys are young pieces, younger pieces. I don't want to, I don't want to say my miles is old, but younger pieces that it's clear that has a bright future with um, Rick Carlisle and Chad Cannon and Kevin Pritchard. Nah, I, I agree. I just think in in terms of what teams would want, and probably just like. 
fans finally got thrilled with Miles around here with what he did in year one working with Tyrese Halliburton. You know, other teams see that as well. And he's probably he, – he could be, to me – if the Pacers really wanted to shop him and other teams were looking, I think those teams were going to be a, a team that believes there may be a piece away from, you know, that final challenge, you know, given what he can do both outside and in and what he can do on the defensive end. No, I, I, I wish I could argue with you on that, but I'm in, I'm in 100% agreement on that. Uh, but here's the question. All right, so let, let, let's take it a step further, which it'll continue to be a hot topic conversation as the draft, you know, as we move into June and late June when the draft arrives. Come uh, come the end of draft night, is Miles Turner on the Pacers roster? I think so. I don't think he's going anywhere. I just think that the Pacers are probably going to take um, a high level of calls about him. I say, yes, he's still here. You imagine the show the next day if he's not? That'll be a good one to tune into. Holy cow. Listen, uh, ooh, it, it's a Friday, too. Drafts on a Thursday, so I don't have to worry about coming in on a special day. If anything, I need I, I'm gonna, I might need to escort you into, uh, into the building. I want to make sure you're doing all right and everything because um, if, if Miles Turner gets traded, two things are going to happen. You're going to have those uh, a-holes, um, you know, who, who, who like to call you and I a-holes. They'll be coming, out, they'll be coming after you. Because your boy Miles is gone, but then you're going to be able to say because the, the, if the Patriots trade him, they're going to get a lot back in return. You can say, "Ha ha ha!" Yes, I'm upset. My guy's gone, but look what they got in return for Miles Turner. Yeah, I just think that in, you know people talk about you know Buddy Heald, and you know, some talk about T.J. McConnell. I think Miles is going to get called about often from other teams, especially teams that feel that they're kind of a, uh, you know, a big deal away from being a contender in, in either conference or just a player away from being that contender. I, I bet that a lot of teams look at Miles as that type of piece. And that brings us to this. I don't want to see them trade Buddy Heald. I do understand the ramifications of of his contract and what you probably don't want to have to pay him because of the overall package. He can make threes. That's great. He's a threat. You have to guard him. He can't guard anybody. And you talked about him being sixth man of the year and coming off the bench. And if he accepted that role, I think that's great. I think the problem is, when I make the argument, Mike, of both Heald and McConnell, is if you play on the second unit together, you got two guys that will struggle defensively, and it does make you wonder if that is is workable. Now, I don't know if they're going to trade Heald or trade McConnell, but it does make you wonder if both those guys on the defensive side of the basketball as a second unit member, if that's that's workable defensively. Okay, you you mentioned T.J. McConnell a couple times. Yeah, because I want him to stay. If they if they move him, I, I love his energy. He's that guy. He's a spurt guy. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, when I say a spurt guy, he can come in and change the tone of a game, bring you some energy, or add on to a run that you have. But as far as extended minutes go, extended minutes go, I, I don't, I don't see him suited in that role. I love what he can do, whether it's you know lingering around when the ball is being thrown in, he still lays it up or whatever, starts to transition fast breaks or whatnot. But if they were to move on from him, um, He's not a guy where you're probably going to get a whole, whole lot back because I think everybody in the league knows what his role is. He's a a short spurst guy, short burst guy, not a uh, starter in the NBA. But, yeah, I mean, you can get something. 
something that can guard, something that can guard, they can play better defense than uh, what what he can do. You think about it. Yeah, so Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Are you enjoying the NBA postseason so far? Because I think I think it's been across the board outstanding. Oh, I love it. Listen, I'm gonna tell you this: the, um, a J- Jimmy Butler is a dog. He hey, he's that pit bull. He has no mercy for anybody. He may be difficult to deal with. Um, and we saw what happened in Chicago with Tibbs, and then also, you know, when he when he went to Minnesota with Tibbs again and stuff. But as far as his competitiveness, he's right there. The other thing is, I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. He, you know, yeah. so for so long, yeah. people were like, oh, he won because he had LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosh. Yes, obviously, he did, there, there was coaching, but not as much coaching. But what he's doing right now, so they don't have Tyler Hero. And, you know, their, their roster is not full of stars. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Butler's a star. I like Bam out of bio. But I just think Spolstra is showing that he knows his X's and O's and he can, he can coach his behind off. And I think he's the best coach in the NBA. Well, he's, he's showing you what just largely in the NBA doesn't happen. And we see that with the, the ultimate NBA champions is there's a star or two, if not three, especially at an elite level. And he's just he's doing something that to me is very similar to what Larry Brown did with the Pistons back in the 2000s when they used to match up with mm-hmm. the Pacers. You, you're getting the most out of basically everybody right there. And in this era of the NBA, that rarely happens. Yeah, and then obviously, I mean, the Joker's just a triple double. You know, I mean, you, you look at the Joker, man. He just looks like a tall, <laughs> slow white guy, but he just he makes plays. I mean, he rebounds, and he can. I think he's, the, in my opinion, the best passing big man since Sabonis. I think the way he drops. And, and you're talking about Arvidas, by the way, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, yeah, Arvidas. Yep. Portland Blade, Portland Trailblazers, Arvidas. He's a better passer than what Arvita Sabonis was when he played with the Trailblazers, along with Terry Porter and Clyde Drexler, all of that. Not DeMontis Sabonis, uh, his pops. Joker is that good of a passer, and he's out there giving you 30-plus points a game. I love it. But the guy, which we saw last night, when he put up 23 points in the fourth quarter, Jamal Murray. I mean, it's good to see him healthy, finally, after a couple years of no entries, and that he, he can out there, he can run the show, and he'll, he'll, get, you, he'll get you buckets, good open, open shots he'll make, and he'll make tough shots. You know, with Jokovic in mind, I said this the other day, he is um, a playmaker in terms of somebody that you would love to play with because he gets everybody involved, and especially those that dive and cut, and he sees over everybody. I mean, you can't check him. And this is where I, I find him, and you watch him play. When he gets into, like, for example, if, if there's a smaller guy on him, he'll give up that dribble to somebody else. So, I mean, he just he is just such a smart basketball player that gets the ball where it needs to be. And just look what numbers he's putting up. Another triple-double last night. He has been the most fun to watch in the NBA. And even you and I are talking about him right now. And I know that they talk about him a ton nationally, too. But it's not the same as it would be with others. He doesn't get the amount of love that others would in a similar situation right now, for sure. I think he deserves even more conversation. These are incredible. Like, the other night, he put up numbers that haven't been put up since Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, that's saying something right there. 
Yeah, I mean, Joker's that guy. When you go down to the YMCA, you hit up the or you hit up the lo- local park, and you're picking teams, and you see this tall guy, you're like, man, he has no game. But and then you, you, he's a, he's one of the last guys you pick on your team, and you're going out there facing an athletic, uh, athletic fast uh, squad, and all of a sudden. He's making all the right plays to help you overcome yeah. what you lack from athleticism because he's putting his teammates in the right position. And you made a great point. He knows when to give up the ball and when to drop the pass off and everything. He's the guy that you want on your team all the time. Yeah, and and, and I think they were so smart when they added Aaron Gordon to it because Aaron Gordon struggles certainly at times shooting the perimeter jumper, but man, he has always been a great dive guy. He's always a great guy with the angles and the dives, um, you know, without the ball moving without the ball. He's kind of perfect to play alongside. And then he just got, like you mentioned, Jamal Murray when he's knocking down shots and, you know, now Bruce Brown's in the mix, you know, Bruce Brown's in the mix, making big plays for them coming off the bench. They, he makes everybody better for sure, and uh, you can see it with this group here because he's just escalated the performances of his teammates. And for Bomber Pacers assistant coach Popeye Jones is on Mike Malone's staff on the bench, too. Yep. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I want to get to the Colts with you for a moment because I brought this up yesterday with Bob Kravitz, and, and Chris Ballard had told me that the expectation was that Jonathan Taylor is going to get signed to an extension. They're going to do that. Um, and I still think they are going to. But the question is, would you be having second thoughts right now at all? Or would you – still go through with it as planned if you were the Colts extending Jonathan Taylor this offseason? Well, first of all, was Kravitz on the uh, – was he on the third hole, the fifth hole, the seventh hole? Uh, he was uh, on a crappy uh, phone, I can tell you that. His phone kept cutting in and out, and we'd miss uh, well, I mean, about I, every I'm third not, word. I'm I'm not shocked. and I mean, I mean, I know he has a hard time holding on to the phone and everything, too, with them tiny-ass hands. So he probably take the bad day. He does have little hands, doesn't he? He's got little Kenny Pickett hands. Yes, he's got those tiny hands. I, what, the value, the dollar amount that I, meaning dollar amount, I'm talking about guaranteed money, I would say it went down with, with uh, Jonathan Taylor after what happened last year. Uh, I think he's going to get paid still, but – I think what Chris Ballard and the Colts have to look at is, and I know it's completely different positions, is is that um, he gave they gave all those, all that money to Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson. Those guys had down years, and we have seen over the year, the last few years, the value of the running back position in the NFL has gone down. There's no more. There's no more of the you know the Emmitt Smiths, the Barry Sanders, all those high price those players getting top dollar bills. You can plug a running back back there who can be effective, whether he's a first-round pick or a seventh-round pick or an undrafted free agent. The value of running backs in the NFL just are not the same of what they were many years ago. So I think Taylor will get paid. I just don't think it'll be the same dollar amount as it were if we were having this conversation one year ago today. So not good for Taylor, but good for the Colts. I mean, is it good, Colts, financially for – uh, what they're going to be able to offer him, what they ultimately may pay for him with its extension, because he had, you know, a down season compared to the season prior this past year. 
Hold on, hold on. Repeat that again. I'm looking for you. What were you asking? No, he had a great season two years ago. Uh, was yeah. really down last year. So does that create a discount of sorts? Does that make it fortunate for this Colts team to be able to offer him a dollar amount that ordinarily, with his level of production two years ago, they would not be able to? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it is it is in favor of the Indianapolis Colts as far as what they're gonna. Um, what what they can uh, from a financial standpoint, the ball you know they they're the ones carrying the ball right now, and Jonathan Taylor slipped to the other side of the field, and he's playing that middle linebacker role, trying to be defensive to try to get his money. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio with us. So you think they re up him? They extend him? There's going to be no issue whatsoever. They do it? No, I mean of course there's going to be backlash about what I alluded to yeah. as far as how the value of running back. But yeah, I. I I'd be shocked if Chris Ballard, or actually, no, I, I don't even want to say Chris Ballard. I'm going to say Jim Irsay because we know uh, Jim Irsay's already got the gold jacket for Jonathan Taylor to go into Canton. And I'm not talking about the gold jacket at Walmart, the gold jacket to go into the Hall of Fame, basically. Yeah, I don't think they do either. It's just kind of kind of interesting to think about where they are. Uh, this is something that Bob and I had talked about yesterday. He's not so sure that he should. I will be disappointed if he doesn't. Will you also be disappointed if Anthony Richardson is not ready in week number one to start? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably would be a little disappointed because throw the young man out there. Throw the man out there and, and see, see what he has. If he has a cop, you know, uh, a poo poo uh, mini camp, a poo poo uh, training camp where he's just throwing the ball and his accuracy's off, he's throwing interceptions in the joint practice against the Bears and in the preseason games. I think it's more, it's definitely alarming. I mean, he's the number four overall pick. Put him out there. You gotta, you gotta see what the kid has. I know a number of, I, you know, I've had a number of friends tell me, no, 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 you know, let, let's watch, let's see what Mitch has, and then you know, uh, halfway through the season, go with Richardson. I'm saying, you know, put the kid out there week one, and hopefully he has a good enough training camp where there's not a lot of warning flags when it comes to what he's able to do. Don't we question if he's not ready? Why he's not ready? Why he was the fourth overall pick if he's not ready? And then also my question, all right, so if you can't get ready here in the offseason – you know, on this this type of hardcore course in preparation, how is he going to do it during the season? Exactly, especially because it, that that means Minshew, because Minshew's getting all the first team reps. He's the one working with the starters, and as, as Shane Steichen's trying to get ready to win some games. So where where yeah, where are the reps going to come from? So no, it 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 will be oh my god, the outrage by a large portion of the fame fan base if. Uh, Richardson is not starting in week one. Holy cow. I would not want to be anybody on West 56th Street. Yeah. I know that there's a percentage that are like the friends of yours in Brownsburg that say, let him come along. I just think it'll be disappointing, and that'll bring up a lot of questions if he isn't. And one of the first questions you ask is, all right, if he's not ready in week one, then how magically is he going to be ready with the reps and such in October, for example, or whenever you feel that he's going to be ready. I just think that it'll be very disappointed if we have to talk about it with that in mind. Exactly. Hey, um, yes. I know we're, we're, we're running out of time, but uh, you, you isn't it next Friday's Carb Day? You ready to get out there? I am uh, ready to get out there. Are you going? Oh, You've never man. been, have you? 
I I am still a virgin when it comes to carb day. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. I don't know how I'm going to handle it yet. I do want to see Brian Adams, so if he goes out there at four, I might kind of split it up a little bit and go out and watch and come back or go out and watch a little bit later. But I do want to see some of uh, Brian Adams. But at least I think we're a week out right now, and who knows how this thing is going to play out. But it looks like it's going to be good weather, so that'll be good. Hey, um, are you um, – with the people surrounding you – during your show next week, will they be sober or will they be? <laughs> yeah, they, they won't be sober. <laughs> I guarantee you that. They'll be probably. In, see, James is the the new producer. The fresh producer is going to have to get used to having to hit the delay button because there's a lot of f bombs that are tossed around in the back within a shot of my microphone out there. So you got to be and on the mean, delay button. The, the time of, type of f bombs where. Somebody walks by and says, "JMB, I effing love no, you." No, there's they, a they lot of that, or the or say, or the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and when I say effing, they're not saying effing. It's no, just, they yeah. are saying the real word. It is the real word. So he's going to get have to get used to the lay button. Are you guys playing anywhere this weekend? Yeah, your, your girl Layla's on her way right now to uh, Louisville. They got a uh, seven o'clock game. Wow, the tournament down in Louisville tonight at the. Uh, the Kentucky Center or something uh, down there. Um, all, all weekend, I'm hanging out with Tay. And uh, hey, by the way, yeah. Hey, speaking, of, yeah, speaking of that, so Tay's got a soccer game up in West Lafayette tomorrow. Yes. And I've never been to. Is, is that Triple X Burger Spot good? And I don't mean Triple oh, it's, X. Yeah, it's legit. Yes, you go there. Go, go there, and uh, thank us all later for it. You'll love it. All right. I t- I told him we'll swing through there after the game tomorrow, and uh. You get a burger or two. Buddy. I've only yeah, been there one time. I was there one time, and this is in the 90s. I was at the Skull House um, at a party. I was up there for uh, Grand, Grand Prix weekend, and I went incredibly hungover, and it was legit when I was hungover. So I'm assuming it was probably even better had I not been hungover. But, yeah, you'll love it up there. Uh, well, I, I plan to be sober. Where's my girl Laney at this We're weekend? at uh, Pike High School if they let me in coming up tomorrow morning. Ooh, man. I, they may not let me in the front door. Oh, man. Hey, uh, I hope uh, my good buddy, the Pike AD, isn't there because he probably got he probably got sensors set up around there that uh, sense your smell or your or I'll be paying forty dollars to get instead of 20 or whatever ridiculous price it is to get in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hey, hey, tell my tell my girl good luck this weekend. And uh I will. I'll be talking to you later in a little bit. I'll, yep. t- I'll tell you. Say what's up. Yeah, you tell Layla. Say what's up and uh, triple Kai. Do it up this weekend. All right, brother. You be good. Have a good weekend. That's uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio and the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. VK Kirkwood, Rossi, Sato, Herda, Power, Dixon, Palo. What do those names have in common with Fast Friday? We'll talk about that on the other side. I'll answer that question, too, regarding the game last night, Western Conference Game 2. The most commonly asked question during and then after that moment, I'll answer that on the other side. 93.5107.5, the fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mike Wells, podcast 107.5, thefan.com. From ESPN Radio. IMS.com. For your carb day tickets, if you don't have them right now, if you haven't won them from me, IMS.com to make sure you are in the facility coming up a week from today where ULC open up Soul Asylum. That's Dave Perner and Soul Asylum. And Brian Adams is the headliner. This time next week is going to be a blast. Brian Adams should be going full bore this time next week. IMS.com for that. Oh, yeah. By the way, number 9239-1070. How about 500 tickets for you? To the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indy 500, 239-1070. You're going to go on me right now, number nine. I mentioned Renus VK, 232.898. Kyle Kirkwood, 232.616. These are the best four-lap average speeds of the day as of about 30 minutes ago. Alexander Rossi, third on the speed chart, 232.535. My guy, Takuma Sato, 232.534. Colton Herta, 232.521. And you, you get the understanding here. These speeds are all incredibly close together. In fact, you go down to Devin DeFrancisco at 231.524. 232 to 231 in the top 18 four lap average wise out there today. Friend of the show, Ed Carpenter, 231.601. Defending champion Marcus Erickson, 231.698. Connor Daly, 13th, 232.012. Closely wound is an understatement. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow and Sunday is going to be some fun. Be some fun. Sean Shep says this. My dad, Steve, and I are listening to you driving to the Reds game. Go Reds. Boo my dad on the fact he's a Yankee fan. Well, shout out to Sean's dad, the Yankee fan, as they're going over to Cincinnati. I'm sure that place is going to be rotten with Yankee fans. Can you imagine? You go there for a Cubs game, and it's like Wrigley South most of the time. Uh, Yeah, Reds and Yankees tonight. Great American ballpark. 640 Cubs-Phillies from Philly this evening. That's also the Friday night schedule. They'll start a weekend set in Philadelphia. And the Cardinals at home once again against the Dodgers. They got that weekend set going as of yesterday. 8-15 is that get-together in St. Louis between the Dodgers and the Cardinals coming up later on this evening. I mentioned this actually before Mike came on. So I'm watching the Western Conference Finals, right? And it's pretty decent game, pretty active. And the moment ESPN showed Peyton Manning at that game, can you? That's exactly what it was. Was see, I told you Peyton hated Indy. See, I told you Peyton hates the Colts. See, I told you Peyton is a Denver guy. Um, here's how this goes. He is a Denver guy now. 
I don't think there is hatred here, but there's always going to be the fact that he was fired from here, that he was cut loose from here. That is something, and with somebody like that at that competitive level, that's never going away. He is always going to be cordial. He is always going to come back. But it's not going to be the same as it would have been had he not been fired. So that's where he lives in Denver. He goes to the game, and that's that's what's funny about it. That was your reaction from last night. And then I get this really stupid stuff, right? I get the, why does everybody around here put him on a pedestal? He clearly is a Denver Broncos guy now. Why, why would you ever attempt to take him off of it? Unless you're really young or just incredibly stupid. I've always wondered that. Why would you attempt to take him off of it? That is just somebody's natural reaction. They let him go here. He finished out his career there, had success there. That's where he lives, where his family is. Again, he's always going to come back here and be cordial, but it's just not going to be the same had he maintained here. And I think everybody out there can understand that, but you don't take away what he accomplished here. I mean, are you crazy? So that part's never made sense, but I do get that every single time that he comes on, he's at a Denver event, something like that, then that's exactly what I get. And the moment that they showed him on camera, I went, oh boy, here we go. That is the exact response that I got to. But that was the most commonly asked question last night after that moment in the game. That was in the second half of Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Won by Denver, up two games to zip. Best of seven Western Conference Finals. Game 2 in the East with the Heat leading that best of seven. One zip over the Celtics. That Boston tip time is, what, 8.30 tonight, I think? We join it in progress at 9. After trackside and beyond the bricks. I say 8.30? Yeah, it's 8.30. Oh, right on the money right there. Thank you, James. 239-1070. Tony, up first today. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Well, to all those Peyton people, man, he's living, let him live his life. He's raising his family there. Like, people read way too much into it, man. No, oh, way, way, way too much. Way I mean, too much. He's got his kids there. His kid is growing up there. They're probably a local team fan, and that makes sense. But uh, I called about quarterback stuff, bro. But real quick, yesterday you were talking about reboots. Now, this movie was historically bad in the 80s, and it, so it's easy for the new one to be better. But Dune, the original was a dumpster fire. Oh, Dune with Sting? Yeah, that movie yeah. was hot garbage. Right. I read the book, but the new one is outstanding. So that is the one reboot I could think of in 40 years that was better. So there you go. And you know what? And I haven't, I didn't watch either one of them. I was more of a, uh, a listening to Sting as opposed to watching him act. <laughs> I, I would be, it's better to listen to him, but don't watch the first one, man. I tried and it is awful. But, uh, but anyway. Now you're right. I mean, even if that's the case, there are very few, really, if any, reboots that ever do yeah. the original justice. It's pretty hard. Yeah. But hey, I don't really hear, I've never heard anybody like you, Kevin and Jake, anybody talk about this. Mm-hmm. The best reason to start Anthony Richardson week one is with a new quarterback and a fresh voice, a lot of our veterans are going to play up. And if we come out with Minshew and we start off four and two or six and three, are they going to bench him no. when we're in like now a playoff hunt? No. Then what do you do? Do you sit him right. all year? You, they're going to paint themselves in a corner 
if they don't start him week one. No, no, no. I, I I agree with that too. That's why when we talk about all right, so what what do you think he's going to do that is drastically going to change his status in September in practice that he couldn't do in the off season to prepare to start in week number one? I mean that exactly. that's a part of what you're saying is is exactly what we talked about in that fashion yesterday. And and you're right. I mean everybody around here deserves a playoff worthy, a playoff excited type of team, but they you would be stuck with if you call it stuck uh, you'd be winning but you would be stuck with you yeah. know having Gardner Menchu play until otherwise notified yes nothing against Gardner I loved it when you had him on he's a cool guy but I want the number four pick to get going like Trevor Lawrence he went from the get-go and you know what last year this past season he lit it up got to get it going Let the dude cut his teeth you know got to get it going I agree Tony right, thank you man. you have, have a great you- weekend thank you very much T. Shaw said, did you see the Jewel next week will we'll be singing the national anthem? Will she be nicer than Alicia Silverstone to you? See, that was about five years ago. And I always thought that uh, too much was made about Alicia Silverstone looking like that she was repulsed by my existence standing next to me in a picture. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't what I wasn't like that nerdy Kerry Elwes or Elwes. Who's the actor? Kelly Airway. The guy from Princess Bride. Yeah, that nerd. Yeah. It wasn't like him. Remember in The Crush, she's chasing him around, right? I mean, I, I, she didn't act toward me like she did toward him, but I don't think she was as repulsed as people suggest. Kerry <laughs> Elwes. Elwes. That's close enough. Yeah. He's in an episode of Seinfeld. I've never seen The Princess Bride, so I wouldn't know. Have you? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Oh, my God. It just looks absolutely awful to me. It's got Andre the Giant, man. You can't beat Andre. Well, I mean, Andre the Giant's one thing. I just can't do it. I it's, As far as me being an 80s person, I can't do that. I've never done... And I don't know why Phoebe Cates is in this. I've never seen Gremlins, at least not in its entirety. But Jewel, is Jewel not a part of um, the living Alaska type of family up there? What's What was that guy's name, Oz or Otz? <laughs> Remember when those shows were extremely popular? Like five, six, seven years ago? And I know that they're still on. I don't know if they're as a popular you know the living off the grid shows as they once were it's his name ott <laughs> jewel though jewel gets it done i don't think that alicia silverstone was again sickened by me standing there see it's kind of like you guys took that video of me and chris ballard uh, me doing the interview back in early March at the combine, he said, hey, he's got his arms crossed. He clearly hates your guts. And then I had Todd, my executive producer, our executive producer, say, yeah, I don't, I didn't really see that. I don't think so. All perspective, all opinion. Quick break, we'll come back. I've got Aerosmith tickets. You listen for the dazed and confused reentry. It's going to get you in the door at Gamebridge Fieldhouse for the farewell tour with Aerosmith. That's coming up, too. Clayton Anderson's down in Franklin. 
coming up later on this evening. We'll get CA on the show coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Tristan's going to lead on the other side at 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Sorry we're closed. Well, what are all these people doing here? Drinking and having a good time. Well, that's why we're here. You're too stupid to have a good time. Oh, welcome back. We celebrate the anniversary of movie greatness, not any of this Princess Bride stuff here. Cinematic greatness on this date back in 1989 would be the late, great Patrick Swayze, the incredibly smoking hot Kelly Lynch, who often communicates with me on Twitter, which means something to my fragile ego, and the incomparable Sam Elliott. Roadhouse, everybody. This date back in 1989, nobody knew it. Nobody really knew knew that for a number of years, that it was going to turn into the incredible classic that it has. And you know what? A lot of that inspiration I'll take credit for. I think I started a significant roadhouse movement years ago. It has absolutely everything that you want, especially if you're dudes. If you're a dude, it has everything that you want. There's nothing in there or not. There's not one quality that we normally enjoy in a film that that does not contain very few films can say that this date 89 roadhouse everybody tristan's at 239 1070 hello tristan hey jmb thanks for taking my call you got it uh quick thing about the peyton manning thing you know people saying why do we put him up on a pedestal i mean I just think that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. No, I it mean, is. You're absolutely right. On target with can that. You imagine, can you imagine a Patriots fan saying that about Brady because he switched teams? Or a Bulls fan saying that about Michael Jordan, for God's sake? I just I consider mean, it somebody yeah. that's young, too young that doesn't know, and there's also a level of stupid involved. It's either too young that's and stupid correct. to know or just really stupid. It's one of two. Yeah. Pretty, pretty ridiculous. Um, and just one more quick thing. I don't forgive me if you've said this, but if um, I was just wondering if there's anyone in particular you're uh, rooting for in the 500. Takuma Sato. I sit here right now before nice. you, suggesting he's going to win number three. How about that? Nice. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, Takuma Sato, number three. As long as he doesn't crash out or something. <laughs> Hey, Tristan, thank you very much. Now, I don't think he's going to win the poll this weekend. That is going to be an Ed Carpenter somewhere either breathing a sigh of relief because I didn't select him or wondering why I didn't. Takuma Sato is going to be your guy to win at the 107th running in the 500. Trackside beyond the break, 7 and 8 tonight. Heat Celtics game two, Eastern Conference Finals coming up after that. Heat up a game of that best of seven. Clayton Anderson going to join us coming up. And Aerosmith tickets in the five o'clock hour. And your calls at 239 1070. Don't go away. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Let's get to Clayton Anderson in just a second. I mentioned Meekum. The Meekum auction is still going on. I talked about the 1970 Dodge Hemi Challenger. It was a, a car used in a lot of street races called the Black Ghost. It sold at Meekum. I just got this tweet within the last hour. It sold today here in Indy at Meekum for $1,072,500. Drew Storen, did you buy that? (laughs) Who Who the heck bought that? $1,072,500. The 70 Dodge Hemi Challenger. And man, was it a it's a badass looking car, too. And it was original. It literally had the 1970 Goodyear tires on it. You would probably get zero traction. But somebody somebody bought that out there today. On the auction block, $1,072,500. That is incredible. See if we can guess who that is. Now, obviously, it doesn't necessarily have to be from around here, but we'd like to know if it is. Yeah, incredible. Back to your calls and more coming up in just a bit. Yeah, Haas, man, that is Alicia Silverstone right there. See, look at that. Check out at JMV1070 on Twitter. People used to tell me that she looked somewhat repulsed uh, standing next to me and repulsed in my existence. And I don't think so. She looks rather thrilled, just not as much as she was for that nerd in, in the crush. But I, I think she was interested. I do. That is her, Haas, right there. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. He is the pride of Bedford, Indiana, or as they say in Bedford, Bedford, uh, Bedford, Indiana. (laughs) Clayton Anderson (laughs) joins us now. Bedford. Why don't you call it Bedford like everybody else down there does? Because I got a good learning from your mom down there. That's <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, yes, I you did. Right. I'm going to tell you what, buddy. My mom would never, I, I wasn't allowed to say ain't. I couldn't say ain't. You know, I was the only one that attended Eastern Green up until 1988 that never said ain't. <laughs> oh, oh, you couldn't say ain't. You if you put if you said yep, it's like uh, I had this one teacher be like, "You ain't a dog." Quit saying yep. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So oh, I never I never said Beffert. I never said code. <laughs> code when it's cold. Is it cold yeah. out? Yeah, it's cold out. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, you know where that car's going to be. I, I don't. I know who, how we can find out. I'd, I'd like to take that car down there, and get in that back seat, and test it out on Lane down there. That's what I'd like to do with that. I'd spend a million dollars to get back in that. Get back down on Lover's Lane when they had it all. Yeah, little, up, a little over a million. A little, little million seven right there is the Holiday Drive-in down between Orleans and Paoli still open. Get oh, back. that's a great spot. They could just they could just fire right up. You know, he might get a little reach around there. You yeah. know, oh, big yawn, big yawn, and come over over the top on the old John Travolta. There. I think oh. actually that's between Mitchell and Orleans, not quite yeah. between Orleans and Paoli, but Mitchell and Orleans would be one of the few drive-ins I think still in existence today. Is that oh, one. and it's gr- and it's great. I tell you what, I got it's a, it's out of a movie scene if you come through in the middle of summer when the corn's tall and, <laughs> and you're and you drive by there on 37 and you're and you're passing you're passing it and, and you just look out there you just don't see it anymore it's such a cool thing and yeah i mean i think i held at least three hands out there when i was a, oh when come I, on man I, we know oh, how yeah, you I rolled down there. Out there i got three handhelds out there when i was when I was growing up, I got a lot of good memories down there at the holiday drive in. I know that you're tripping the light fantastic as a musician in and around Lawrence County because I know, like, Stone Carnival even got dates out of it, and those guys are dorks compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know they were a lot smarter than me. You know they they were able to go get a, a law degree and a, and, a, and yeah. a, you know he's an anesthesiologist, so I should have probably followed in that footsteps. To be honest, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> the uh, the Stone Carnival, by the way, was pretty outstanding back in no, the uh, mid no. to late nineties. True story, they were phenomenal. They, those guys got me hooked playing. It, Andy Day, Jeff Day, Kent Moodendeer, all them guys, the, the loving man. I mean, who didn't want to be? And, and Jeremy Buck, who was this athlete. They were just, they were like gods to us kids, you know? And I was friends <laughs> with their younger brothers. I was like, this is the path. This is the way, you know? Why yeah. did I try to play basketball when I could have just played guitar? <laughs> exactly. Exactly uh, right. I mean, look, Damon Bailey did it one way and you did it the other. I like your way better. Yeah, you know, it's it's just everybody's got to take their own path and, and go out there and try to conquer the world and, and uh, hold as many hands at the holiday drive-in as you can. You do. It's like Clayton Anderson with us. <laughs> By the way, former Major League pitcher Drew Storen texted me and said that, yeah, busted. Um, he bought that, the uh, Black Ghost, the Dodge 70 Hemi Challenger for over a million dollars as a Father's Day gift for his dad, Mark Patrick. The legendary wow. Mark Patrick around here, which wow, is probably a, a stretch of the truth right there. But <laughs> I like the story, nonetheless. I just want to know that that's going on. Yeah. How about that? Over a million dollars for a 70 Dodge Hemi Challenger. Not that's bad. Crazy. I'd, take, I'd take a Nova any day. Would you? Uh, was, oh, that, was, that yeah. your, was that your favorite muscle car of the past, the yeah, Chevy Nova? I, I think so. I don't know why. I just thought there was something cool about it. And, I, you know, I've always been a Chevy guy, even though Ford used my song in the pickup truck thing, but I've always been a Chevy guy. You know, they put food on the table down there in Bedford from General Motors plant. But um, Are you allowed they, as a uh, country music singer to, like, have songs about, like, cars and not trucks? Oh, yeah, I got one, yeah. Stripes on my Chevrolet. That's, uh-huh. that's another song made in the USA. I'm telling you, that's fast. You got to – I mean, the girls always like the muscle car. You know that. I mean – I mean, we were hillbillies and had some big old pickup trucks too. But <laughs> hey, you, I was always jealous of them guys go fast on a motorcycle and have a 
souped-up car. Uh, it's uh, Clayton Anderson with us. You're in Franklin at the Amphitheater coming up later on tonight, and I have not seen anything there. I'm, we're going to come down there tonight. Man, I've never seen a show there, but it looks like a great venue. Oh, man, it's incredible. I couldn't believe it. I showed up. I was like, holy cow. I mean, yeah. it's like they pumped a lot of money into that thing. And, and Franklin's such a cool town and supports the arts and music. It's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. We uh, we didn't get to play there last year because because of the scheduling conflict so i'm pumped to let it go tonight this is our first show in a while so i'm i'm kind of excited last, last show we played was back in april at a fishing thing down in miami so i'm uh i'm fired up to be back home and let it rip we got it tonight and then then we got a whole indie race weekend block party in speedway next weekend so there's gonna be a good tune up wait a minute here a speedway block party right i know you're always a part of the festivities leading up to the indy 500 tell me a little bit about that yeah, we're gonna we're shutting down Main Street uh, for the old rock and all Main. We're gonna try to take it a little bigger this year, this year, next year, next year. We're really gonna blow it up. I'm gonna start bringing. I think this is the greatest. I'm such a homer for it, but I love the 500 more than anything. And I want to start bringing some country guys up with me and some some friends from Nashville. I befriended and kind of it kind of be a surprise. I don't know who's gonna be there next year. This year's gonna be a little. Little small, just us, and and might have a couple friends sneak up from out of town, some famous friends. But uh, it's I just I just want to have a big old time, you know. And and the town of Speedway is looking awesome, so we're gonna shut down Speedway yeah. Friday after Carb Day. If you're still able to stand, bring your cooler over; it's free. Uh, rock out with us all night long till about ten, eleven o'clock, and then Saturday afternoon we're gonna have a glorified parking lot party and uh, and have a have one heck of a time. That's that's awesome. It's Clayton Anderson with us in Speedway. That's next week, right? Next week. Yeah, that's that's next week. That's next week. Race weekend, and then and then I'm going. I'm even going to get out there to butt crack a dawn on Sunday, and I'm going to serve some breakfast burritos if anybody's hungry and hungover. <laughs> needs one going into the <laughs> one, needs one before they get to the gate. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not either. You've never oh, been I- up at the crack of dawn for anything. Well, I might go to sleep. That's about the only way I'm going to be able to see it, I think. But I'm going to be. You really going to serve breakfast burritos as people walk yeah. in? Breakfast burritos. My buddy Sean Latham's coming back into town. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got he's it. The $20 gonna, chef here. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't cook at all, but he's going to cook them. <laughs> I'm just going to drink the kegs. I mean, pass out the kegs. What uh, What's What's Latham up to? I haven't seen him in a while. Ah, he he moved back. He's out in Arizona. He got away from that barstool thing, and he's out in Arizona doing his comedy and stuff. He's a he's pretty funny. He's a pretty funny dude. So, and uh, but he's coming back. I ain't seen him in a long time either. So I'm excited to see him. And Kincaid's they're going to bring some good meat down. They do a good job up there, and we're going to cook up some hamburgers, hot dogs, and and breakfast burritos on on Sunday. That's uh, Clayton Anderson. That is coming up next weekend, obviously, before the 107th running of the Indy 500. Tonight in Franklin, what time are you guys getting underway there tonight? We're going to hit the stage at 8. Uh, there's a guy getting ready to go on here. He's he's actually really good. He's just sound checking. He's getting ready to hit the stage here any second. And uh, I'm going to walk over here. They got food trucks galore down yeah. there. Right now. Is, I got to bring cool. a ch- Is there a cool. place for me to sit or I got to bring a chair or something? What do yeah, I got to do? Yeah, bring your lawn chair. Bring your lawn chair. I might get a little cooler, so bring a sweatshirt and bring your cowboy hat because I don't think you've been on stage with me since Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I was going over that a little bit earlier. I, you always go into friends in low places, and I, I know like the first line, and that's about it. The rest of the way, I'm just mumbling the song for you. Yeah. Well, that's all. That's all right. Just, hey, most people don't even know the first word, so you got half of them beat. <laughs> 
uh, Clayton Anderson and Franklin at the amphitheater. And you did mention this, and they have done a great job in Franklin with with music, uh, you know, part of the arts, and you know what they've done with the entertainment there in and around that downtown square of, of Franklin. It's pretty amazing. It's a good time. It really is. Unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm really blown away. I've, I've always uh, – I got my hunting license. I got my permit to go quail hunting out and go pheasant hunting out in uh, Kansas and Franklin one time. And me and my dad would drive up 37 and jam to some Alabama trying to get up there quick and get home. I'm in a hurry to get things done. But Franklin's just a cool town, man. They, I, I tell you what, I'm, in, I'm impressed, and they've always been so nice to me and – and uh, I, I, it's just nice to see people do stuff with the arts and pump. Now, I think they spent $9 million on this amphitheater, and it is absolutely beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful ones that we played uh, that, that some of these uh, mid-sized towns have, have been building around, yep. the, around the country. It's, uh, in southern, central, southern Indiana is pretty dang lucky to have it, and, and they yeah. do a great job. I, I'd agree. I, there's a lot to do down there too and they they use that i have not seen an event or a performance there but we went down there was a strawberry festival i think in in june of a year ago we went down there on a saturday morning and it just uh there's a lot of room for people and just like there is later on tonight for your show to to bring chairs and hang out and to enjoy a show or walk around or do whatever it's just a a really nice place yeah, absolutely. My my drummer said they they were averaging about six seven thousand people per show last year, and I said, "Wow, we're kicking off the season. I hope we, <laughs> I hope we come out swinging. I don't want to jinx that. We got to keep that going." But but that's incredible because what I, I complain, man, so many people down there in Bedford that they go, "Oh man, there ain't nothing to do here except go over and cruise Walmart parking lot." And then you give them something to do, and they don't show up. So ah. I, think dang, I think it's really dang cool that everybody in Franklin and, that, and the area down there shows up to support the community and, yep. and what they're doing. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's Clayton Anderson, the country music singer, going on stage around 8, coming up later on tonight at the Amphitheater down in Franklin. Next week, a block party on Maine next weekend prior to the 107th running of the Indy 500. You still uh, pretty tight? with uh, Connor Daly and some of these other drivers as we look forward to the greatest spectacle in racing? Oh, yeah, man. You know me. I made up with it. I, I'm so, I've been out there all week. I, I broke – I dang near broke my foot. I got a sprained ankle, but I was out there in the boot hobbling around like an old man with a cane. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't stay away from it. I just – it's so cool. And, and those guys found some speed, bro. Renus BK, he, he's going pretty fast out yeah, there Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, they are all – like 17, 17 of these drivers with a four-lap average earlier today were within basically a mile an hour of one another. It was 232 and 231 in the first 17. That's a huge number. It's going to be a fight coming up tomorrow and then on Sunday. Oh, yeah, man. One guy slips up. He, he might not even be – I mean, he's going, he might not make the fast six. You know, it's going to be a – it's going to be a fast nine or whatever they call it. That's going to be a fight, fight, fight. But I'm going to call it right now. I think somebody's going to win the race coming out of turn four. Somebody's going to pass somebody in turn four and win the race. Oh, uh, yeah. You're going close. Yeah, you're going back to the uh, Hildebrand hitting the wall and <laughs> and uh, the late, great Dan Weldon taking over and winning that particular race right there. Yeah. I, I've already made the call. Normally, Clayton, I go with uh, my friend Ed Carpenter. Yeah. Um, but I always bring him bad luck. So this year, and, and really it's because of the results so far, I think Takuma Sato is going to win number three. Well, I tell you what, he was flying. I tell, he, uh, 
he he's pretty fast. He I I couldn't believe it. He when he I was out there the other day, he was up there skyrocketing. I, I I'd go with that pick too. But man, I would jump for joy if thirty three gets in victory circle. I'd be oh man, I think the whole town him or Connor Daly or yeah anybody. I, any I, you know I roll with ECR. My buddy Matt Barnes is he really introduced me to a lot of IndyCar stuff and really support their team like crazy and 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 love them to death so i if any of them guys but man if ed carpenter could pull it off that would just be so great it's uh clayton anderson again that's next week the block party in speedway next weekend leading up to the 500 tonight amphitheater and franklin his performance he's on stage coming up this evening at eight o'clock you said you and the guys have been off for the better part of a month or so now since april why the hiatus and what's coming up after these two sets of weekends for you here in uh, locally in central indiana yeah, we. Uh, I've been in Nashville riding my butt off. I've been riding with some heroes. One of them, David Lee Murphy, which is just, I pinch myself every time I'm in the room with him because I'm just like, that's a dude rolled up dust on a bottle. <laughs> it, it's, it's been a while. What, what did he write again? Do what? He wrote, My be a little dust on the bottle. Don't let it fool you about what's inside. I mean, he'll text me, and I'm like, My God, David Lee Murphy just texts me. It just blows my mind. Every I'm just time. looking him up right now. He did Dust on the Bottle. He He's wrote, he dude, wrote he that. Byrate do a little song about the bar door and leaving it open. <laughs> yeah, that got shot down. Who was, what was the guy, the head of the, uh, the record label down there that shot me down? Oh. Oh yeah, Scott Borchetta. Yeah, I'd like to say everything of how I feel about it, but burn not. Don't do that. Don't burn any bridges here. But yeah, he he shot he shot my song title down about as quickly as I got it out of my mouth. Yeah, you know, I just don't think he. Well, anyway, yeah, that he's missing out on that one. You know, sometimes they miss him. Sometimes they miss him. They passed on Garth Brooks three times. Oh, did they now? Oh yeah, they passed on Garth Brooks and. Even Borchetta passed on Florida Georgia line, I think, one time or two. So, you know, and he ended up with them at the end of it. But you never, you never know. Man, so uh, you got you're working with this guy and others. Been writing here recently. Correct? Yeah, we've been writing, getting ready to go in the studio, make some new music, and then uh, we got uh, we got tonight in Franklin next weekend. Next week's crazy. I mean, we're doing some private parties and different things, and then the Indy Race block party out there for. Uh, um, in Speedway, and and uh, thanks to USAC, we're going to be right there in front of the USAC building. And then uh, we got, uh, then we got a private, then we got an open party. We got an after party Sunday night after the race. If I'm still standing, um, <laughs> but uh, up at guys, so they're going to have a their new rest, new salt restaurant going up there. We're doing a show with them up there after party race, and then I'm hopefully going to stumble back down and go to some IndyCar after party downtown, and then sleep sleep all next week, and then and wake up. Uh, first weekend of June, and we're going to be at Lake of the Ozarks. So that's going to be back to back two of the craziest weekends somebody could possibly have. You, you uh, go to Lake of the Ozarks. Ozark. You go to Lake of the Ozarks often, don't you? Oh, I love it. It's so much fun. We have a ball out there. They got a huge uh, uh, boat race that weekend, and we're playing right there on this peninsula called Shady Gators. And it's it's insane, man. I've seen some crazy stuff in my life, but that's. Uh, it's uh, if you've never been, you should you should at least go check it out one time or two. Lake of the Ozarks. It's Clayton Anderson, and uh, coming up next weekend again. That's a uh, weekend of the race. He's going to be doing a block party in Speedway. Uh, you can see him there, and then uh, 
Race day morning, you and uh, the $20 chef with breakfast burritos at the main <laughs> gate. Is that true, or are you making that up? No, I swear to goodness, stop by. We got uh, we got some sponsors helping us do our, do our thing. So, we, you know, everybody coming to the race, I want everybody to see them during bright lights and <laughs> and uh, some other people. So so we we decided to have keg and egg party. I mean, like, a, yeah. why not? Why not? Let's go. Let's have a day. Let's have a weekend. So. Now, are you um are you for breakfast? Are you a Bloody Mary drinker for breakfast? See, normally I will do a Bloody Mary during a football season. Yeah. At, at a uh, tailgate party before a, a football game or something, but yep. the other weekend, man, I went in and, and and the family had some breakfast, and I I got a Bloody Mary. That was my breakfast. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. In the fall, in yeah. the colder weather, I love a Bloody Mary to start today, start breakfast. Now in the summertime, I like a little more refreshing with the vodka OJ. Gotcha. That makes sense. That does. Yeah, it goes down a little easy. Sometimes if it's hot out, I can't get that Bloody Mary down. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. And then I like it when I like like five or six olives in mine too, man. Oh so. yeah. Heck yeah. You ever been up there? There's a, there's a place. Oh, I'm going, I can't think of it. It's called, it's right out. It's on the same road going in when you go up to Milwaukee, when you're in the, going to the baseball park, man, they got it. They got a place right there, kind of in a shady neighborhood, but my gosh, they load that Bloody Mary up with so much goodness. I mean, it's it's incredible. You have you literally have breakfast with your <laughs> with your. There's nothing wrong with that. Put a big big slab of bacon in there too, right? That's what they do. Oh, yeah. yeah, heck yeah. They got cheese. They got cur- they got curds. <laughs> they got they got cheese curds. They had it all. All right, and then tonight it's Clayton Anderson. You're going to hit the stage about eight o'clock. I'm hoping to be down there. Hoping to be down there. That is the plan right now because I want to well, come and know, see you. You know when you say you know when you say you're coming because people I've had this happen all the time. And I by the way I appreciate it because you get everybody riled up for my shows. But people come up, they're like, "Man, I've been looking for JMV the whole time. Is he here?" <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I was like, no, he ain't coming to I see. I sound no, like I sound like Hagen when I say that's what Chris Hagen does. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably be there, which means no. I'm not meaning I'm not meaning no right now. I just uh I gotta I gotta figure out a couple of things here a little bit after six o'clock. But that that is in the plans right there. Yeah. Hey, I love it though. I'd love to see you down there. If you do come down there, please come up and sing one with me. I, I just just start that just start that song. And I wanna thank you so much. It's been so cool. I was out at the track this week. And and even even out of state, this is how cool it is, and and how much I love you for it. Uh, one of the coolest thrills for me is being out and around, and people coming up and say, "Man, your boy JMV loves you. I listen to him, and he's pumping you all the time." And that means so much to me, and I think it's so cool, I, especially outside of the state. You, you got people listening everywhere, and I just I just think it's cool, and 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 I want to thank you for supporting me like you always have. It, My it, brother, always. Absolutely always. And uh, again, 8 o'clock tonight for Clayton Anderson, Franklin Amphitheater. Next week, block party in Speedway is going to be spectacular. It's uh, Clayton Anderson on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. We'll see you down there in the uh, Johnson County seat coming up a little bit later on tonight. Yes, right. Hey, I can put that right. That, I don't even have to change the words tonight. So uh, <laughs> We're going to play some Steve Earl, Copperhead Road, Johnson County <laughs> Sheriff, paint it on the side. They'll, they'll, get, they'll, they'll be getting up with their lighters and everything man they'll love that <laughs> oh shoot. hey are you gonna be outside the pagoda again uh, i am uh, yes on okay. friday come and see me on friday i'll be over there i'm gonna go see brian adams for a little bit because i've never seen him before but oh, yeah, uh man, i'm excited i want to go see him too i love i love his songs yeah I'm so, I, some people are ragging on it i'm like dude it's 
Brian Adams, he's freaking awesome. He is. He is. And you, you rarely see him. It's an opportunity. He's a tremendous singer-songwriter. It's going to be great on Carb Day. But, yeah, come by and we'll talk it up next Friday. Okay, sounds good. I'll see you out there, brother. You got it, man. That's Clayton Anderson on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Next week's going to be a big weekend out at IMS, near IMS, and Speedway for the block party. And then tonight, if you're down in and around Johnson County, around Franklin, they have built here recently an amphitheater there right to the west of the square in Franklin, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, it is multi-purpose, multi-fun, and Clayton Anderson will take the stage tonight and the Franklin Amphitheater around 8 o'clock. So check that out this evening as well. Clayton Anderson on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Aerosmith tickets and me and you coming up on the other side. I got time not only for you here, but maybe about 12 or so minutes of Anything Goes coming up after 6 o'clock this evening because that'll lead into the last word and then track side beyond the bricks game two with the heat and the celtics in the eastern conference finals best of seven with the heat up one game in that best of seven that's your schedule tonight here on the fan the sad news today jim brown football legend activist actor more jim brown passes away at the age of 87 earlier today that is the news of the afternoon for sure. We'll come back. Some of your calls and more and your chance to win Aerosmith tickets as well. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Well, uh, how are we supposed to know when that is? You won't. I'll let you know. You are the bouncers. I am the cooler. All you have to do is watch my back and each other's. Take out the trash. Let me tell you this. Script writing does not come at you any better, any greater than that. That's just one great example. This date, 1989, our favorite film, or at least one of our favorite films. It has been great over the years. It's become better in recent history. It is Roadhouse. Celebrating that this afternoon, talking some NBA, a little Colts earlier, two Pacers stuff earlier. Takuma Sato is my incredibly early pick to win the 107th running of the Indy 500, thus making him a three-time champion. Not going to win the poll, but will win the race a week from Sunday. Does that mean we need to bring him on the show? probably right yeah we're loaded with drivers next week for sure so be ready for that ed carpenter's back on coming up next week as well hey by the way next week thursday eddie's up in noblesville that's a tavern tour stop with brent holverson and larceny bourbon heaven hill distillery thursday carb day on friday out at ims and pagoda plaza so be ready for that harley d writes this i hope you're going to podcast that interview with clayton anderson because that was a fun one it was we have a great time together 
Clayton Anderson, country music singer. Got a big weekend going on next weekend before the race out in Speedway when it's rocking the block on Main Street. That's a great experience. And then tonight, the amphitheater down in Franklin. Clayton Anderson is underway tonight at 8 o'clock. Larry says, always enjoying listening to you guys. You two good old boys cut it up a little. That's so true. That part's really true. The cash man says that Alicia Silverstone is on, and we don't like to talk about the Mount Rushmores, but he did say it. That's on his Mount Rushmore. Alicia Silverstone, I just put that picture out from when she took this photo with me, and everybody said at the time she looked repulsed. I don't know. You zoom in on that face. She looks pretty happy. I apologize for using you know, my name in the third person here, but she looks like she's digging a little bit of JMV right here. That's what I see. Outstanding. And she was impressed because I was rocking that Indiana State hat too. No doubt about it. Yeah, outstanding. (laughs) JMV, rate that in your celebrity photo collection. I don't have a lot. I was trying to think what I have in there. Uh, Ric Flair's in there, I think. Actually, Ric Flair. Me and Clayton Anderson and Ric Flair. That was the the conversation we had at Pagoda Plaza a number of years ago when Ric Flair had a spider on his head. And I had to decide right then and there if I say, hey, uh, nature boy, there's a spider on your, your head. Do you want me to knock that off? Or just let the spider crawl around on his head. James, what do you think I, I did? I'm going to say you probably just let it crawl around on I his head. I let it crawl around on his head. I said, nature boy, you got a spider on your head? Nah. I just let it crawl around on his head through the entire interview. And it was weird because that's all I could look at. <laughs> that spider on Ric Flair's head. That is a true story. John Buzzard writes this. So I saw the Fiero you'd posted from the auction. I don't think they're authentic to the late 80s unless one headlight pops up and the other one sticks in the down position. That is true. I don't think so. That is so on point right there. Well done. (laughs) One up, one down. That's outstanding right there. Rob writes this regarding some folks taking exception to Manning being in the audience and being more of a Denverite now than he is uh, a Hoosier in Indianapolis and saying who needs him, which I got some of that last night. I just, again, I take that as either being way too young and way too dumb or just way too dumb. It's one of the two right there. It may be a small percentage, but it's one of the two, either young and and too dumb or just way too dumb in general. Rob says that's like taking away Brady's accomplishments for the Pats. Yeah, it's just silly. It is silly. Skivvy says I think Peyton was rooting for LeBron last night. I don't even know if there was much rooting going on. He's got that corner, that, that Manning kind of thing going. But that's exactly what I got the moment, the moment the camera shot got in the audience. Immediately. 
JMV, she looks like she's in the middle of a stroke, so maybe digging you a grave. No, she doesn't. She looks very happy to be hanging with me. Alicia Silverstone, actress. Clueless, the crush. And I guess more. What else was she in? Was she in Fear? Was she in that one with Mark Wahlberg when he was nuts? I am not sure. And uh, I think Alyssa Milano was in that. A lot of 90s dudes' dreams right there. Fear, Mark Wahlberg. That's when he officially made that transition from Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch to Mark Wahlberg, the actor. The 90s film Fear. Yes or no? Was she in that? Alicia Silverstone. I'm so sorry. I got distracted by something. Oh, he's very distracted, James, back there. Bill, let's distract James some more. 239-1070. Welcome to the show. JMV, how you doing, man? Great to see you guys yesterday. Thanks for coming down. District Tap downtown. Well, it was a, it was just a ton of fun. And uh, uh, if I can do a quick recap for the uh, people that <laughs> was not able Please do. To, yeah. to make it. Here, here was the procedure yesterday. Go up to a wheel, spin it, win race tickets. Yes. Or go up to the wheel, spin it, win carb day tickets and the Miller Light tent, which is which is pretty awesome in its own right. And then when you're done with that, yeah. go over to the other corner and there's a bucket there's a big bucket full of free Miller Light beer. Yes. You can't probably, you can't was, beat that. It was probably the closest to being in Happy Gilmore's happy place that I've that I've probably ever been. You got it. it hey, by the a, way, I get a quick update. The movie Fear, not Alicia Silverstone. It was Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon oh, okay. and not Alicia Silverstone. Quick film oh, yeah. update. All right, go ahead, Billy. And also, I, I just want one thing. I think what's happening in the American League East, and I've been listening to a lot of analysts and everything. I think, but I think what's happening in the East is is really quite incredible. Is, is there a chance that um, every team in that in that division is going to have a winning record. I mean, it looks like it looks like. Well, I mean, what they, what Boston right now is four games over five hundred, I think, and in the, in the cellar of the East. Yeah, I, I, and, I think things probably have to shake out under five hundred for somebody ultimately in that division. Yeah, probably will. And, and rest in peace to to Jim Brown. And you know, one thing that uh, a lot of people might not realize is that he was considered uh, when he was at Syracuse to be the greatest lacrosse player to ever live. If you, if you Google Jim, Jim Brown lacrosse, he was a midfielder fielder and he was, uh, uh, he was an all American, but he did not win the Heisman trophy that year. And the reason that I've always said, and he lost it to some guy named John David Crow, who ended up, with a very average career with the San Francisco 49ers. But that's the reason why Jim Brown became an activist. He experienced racism at that level of his life when he should have been, when he should have been walking off that stage with the, with the Heisman trophy, he got snubbed and that's what fueled uh, his activism and, and his, uh, his wanting to promote uh, social change. Well, I, I, I believe there was even more in when he was in the film, 100 rifles in 1969, of course, the late now, Raquel Welch and Burt Reynolds, also a part of that, but he had scenes with Raquel Welch, and I mean, he you know he had to, to fight through those that that didn't want that in that particular film in 1969 as well, and and really something that I think a lot of people forget about, and I remember just because I'm such a huge fan of Richard Pryor, is that he was I think that they had a a split at some point toward the end. Um, in the 80s with Richard Pryor, but he was kind of 
the guy that would be the only person that would be able to reach Richard Pryor in those moments in which, and especially the one where he, he set himself on fire, those moments where his life was taken over by his addiction more than anything else, that one voice, then he talks about that in, in, in basically in, in books and in, in film, but he also talks about that as a part of live on Sunset Strip because he had some of uh, his some of his uh, comedy stick was written regarding being able to be reached voice wise by by Jim Brown back then. So it, it was an amazing life of 87 years, no doubt. And when he was in the Dirty Dozen, that was that was my favorite Jim Brown movie. I was I was a big fan of one. I was a big fan. It was older than me, or about really about my same age. But uh, I was a fan of One Hundred Rifles. I thought that was a great film. I thought the the westerns in in 1969 or the late 60s, whether it was the the Italian westerns or you know the ones being made here in America, were were all standing for the most part the test of time. They all turned out to be pretty good. They were all they were all awesome and outstanding, man. Hey, you have yep. a good time this weekend, all right? Bill, thanks for coming out, man. It was great to see you yesterday. See you next week. You got it. Next week, Eddie's Noblesville Tavern Tour start, Heaven Hill Distillery, and then on Friday in Pagoda Plaza. Uh, Curtis says that Alicia Silverstone also in the video Crying by Aerosmith. I believe she was in them both, right? I believe... Um, both she and Liv Tyler in Crying and Crazy, if memory serves. <laughs> Alex says, I think she was enjoying herself, but I'm thrown off by the fact you're wearing jeans. <laughs> yes, I am wearing jeans right there. That's weird. That was like a second week of May, and they were promoting... A film, I say they, she and Thomas Everett Scott, who's an actor. Most notably, you remember him as the drummer in That Thing You Do with Tom Hanks. He was the drummer. And they're promoting a film. What was the uh, the book called? Um, I forget what the book was called. It was a film related to a book. And they were having a premiere out in Pagoda Plaza. And they were both there for that. And they came off and uh, came over and was on the show when I was out there, too. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And they made it into a feature film, and they were in it, the stars of it. It's the reason why they were there. Quick break in just a sec. Kyle, before that time, 239-1070. Hello, Kyle. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, you keep talking about Jim Brown's movies. Yes. You never bring up The Dirty Dozen. Yeah, I just well, Bill just did. That's why I didn't. You're right. You're right. I just I went initially I went sixty nine because that one I I like more than anything else and then I brought up like what was it Running Man I think with Schwarzenegger in eighty seven but you're right and Bill yeah. just brought that up too you're right yeah. yeah yeah the Dirty Dozen I loved that movie I loved it with the whole cast yeah it when you when it comes down to it that's one of the the most famous action films probably of all time right there easily yes yeah yes yes it is. Kyle, I appreciate that. But, yeah, we did not leave out the Dirty Dozen. Jim Brown passes away today at the age of 87. And no, there's no doubt there was a lot done in that life. Thank you, Sarah.
I agree. She definitely looks like she's digging on you. No doubt about that. <laughs> hey, JMV, getting together with Bedwell soon. He wants you to come out with us so I can hear about your old baseball rivalries. Uh, me and Bedwell also played on some same teams. We were really good together on teams, baseball-wise, back in the GC days. Beyond the Bricks, trackside, 7 and 8 tonight. Uh, both following the last word that comes at you about 15 after 6 tonight. We do have some time for anything goes after 6. We'll engage that in the 6 o'clock hour. And your chance to win, you called it right. Some Aerosmith tickets maybe on the other side. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. No one's paying you to think about it. Just do it, son. You know, Coach, I got to get going. Me and my loser friends, you know, we got to go get Aerosmith tickets. Top priority of the summer. There you go, number nine. Aerosmith is coming to Cambridge Fieldhouse October the 29th in what has been tabbed their farewell tour. And you could be there. Number nine at 239-1070 is going to win Aerosmith tickets on us. And more coming at you next week. Uh, Not Aerosmith. I don't know what it's going to be next week. I do know here in a couple of weeks, because this will be a JMV show. Of course, coming up in September, we already have the JMV show at Brown County Music Center. That is Warrant, that is Bullet Boys, and Alita Ford. But earlier this week, it was announced another JMV show coming up in September. This is going to be on a Friday night, Squeeze and Psychedelic Furs. I believe that's the weekend that IU football plays Louisville. It's up here, though, right? But anyway, we'll have those tickets to give away. That's a JMV show coming up again in September. Got two of them in September, and both are going to be absolutely outstanding. A squeeze in psychedelic furs. I promise if you're an 80s new wave music lover, this is one for you. We got a winner? Matt was caller nine. Matt, you like Aerosmith? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite song of Aerosmith, Matt? Well, I mean, Love in an Elevator was pretty good when you were playing it just a second ago. Yeah, not bad at all. You like the more modern stuff, or you go back to the 70s with Dream On and Walk This Way and such? Yeah, I like the 70s, but the 80s were pretty good. Yep. I think too. You excited about going? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Black Crows too. Oh, yeah, the Black Crows. You know what's funny? We were talking about that earlier today at Workingman's Friend. Our My friend Jim McCann from Southern California loves the Black Crows. And I said, it's funny, I didn't really, I wasn't the biggest fan until I talked to both, both Robinson brothers, and they're pretty cool. So, yeah, you're right. I forgot the Black Crows open up for Errol Smith on that night. That's nice. Yeah, it should be a good show. Yep. All right, Matt, you're on hold. Stay there and let James take care of you. Yeah, Black Crows and Aerosmith. It's just kind of weird. I always thought that, and maybe it was because the perception of Chris Robinson, I always thought, man, these guys are just a tremendous pain. But when I talked to both Robinson brothers, this was going back a couple of years ago. They were pretty cool. 
So, yeah, Black Crows and Aerosmith, the farewell tour. October the 29th at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Uh, should be a good time right there. Uh, we'll have more tickets for you coming up next week. Had 500 tickets all week long as well for you. Absolutely outstanding. All right, here's what we got. I've got 12 minutes, five seconds coming up on the clock here in the 6 o'clock hour. Anybody feel like doing any anything goes. We can double back to the NBA conversation, to the Pacer stuff we had earlier today, as well as anything Colts, anything NFL. And you got game number two later on tonight. Eastern Conference Finals with the Heat and the Celtics with the Heat up a game in that best of seven. Uh, We can do that and a lot more. It's anything goes. The gist is you call, we talk about whatever you want. A little extra time for you. 12 minutes or so of anything goes. That's coming up before the last word. Trackside, beyond the bricks, and then that game two in the East for you. Joined in progress coming up at 9 o'clock. Some Anything Goes at 239-1070. That's coming up next. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. About 12 minutes on the clock here for a little Anything Goes. If you guys want to do it, a little extra time we go before the last word this evening. Chuck sent me this, JMV at 107.5thefan.com. I take this picture in... Is it Pokhara? Nepal. So it's Nepal, or as they say where I'm from, Nepal. <laughs> not not Nepal, but Nepal, the country. Mountainous country. Uh, okay, for some of you, remember in The Golden Child, it's where um, Eddie Murphy went to find the knife. I want the knife. I meant to send this to you before, but I forgot until you said this was the anniversary of Roadhouse. Even in Nepal, they love Roadhouse. From Chuck. Thank you, Chuck, for this picture. Outstanding. As everybody should. Not just nationwide, but globally, a love for just one of the greatest films of all time. Celebrating an anniversary today. Back in 1989. A little amazing right there, is it not? We have a bunch of people 89 is how far you go. What is that, 34 years? Like? Celebration? All right, so anything goes. 239-1070. We'll start with Sherman. Hello, Sherman. How are you? Hey, man. Hello, Listen, Sherman. I know, you're a, I know you're a fan of the Munsters. Does uh, uh, Jokic remind you of Herman Munster? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't change. I've never seen him smile. I've never seen him frown. He just goes to the basket and marches. See, I thought maybe you get Fred Gwynn, the late Fred Gwynn, as Herman Munster on the Munsters. Or how about Lurch? Lurch in Adam's family. Lurch, did you know, was the voice of the intro to The Incredible Hulk. With Lou Ferrigno, no, I did not. I did not know that. Yeah, so they, I, I think Lurch was about six eight. Fred Gwynn, I want to think, was about six foot six. But no, I know what you're saying. But 
to me, Jokic is just such a joy to watch. And to watch him orchestrate the Nuggets offense is an absolute pleasure, is it not? He does. He he just goes and he's a machine. Yeah, I would agree. Yes, very machine-like right there. And I would say this, as much as I love basketball, he would be a joy to play with because he's going to make the right play. He's going to involve everybody. I mean, you watch, I mean, who he helps get shots. Bruce Brown, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, all these guys know that if they keep moving – that he's going to find him, especially a guy like like Gordon, for example, who who's really good moving without the basketball, cutting, driving to the basket, or should say cutting to the basket without the basketball. He's just a pleasure, I'm sure, to watch, but certainly to play with probably in equal parts. They say it's the best big man uh, passing uh, uh, in yeah. In that uh, direction. Yeah, and, and Sherman, have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Mike Wells had mentioned that he is the best passing big man than, than what we have seen since Arvidas Sabonis. That's the father of Doma Sabonis. We did not see Arvidas Sabonis in the prime of his career. He'd already went past his prime, but he was at seven foot four, incredible. At passing, but he certainly doesn't do all the things that Jokic is doing now. It's just fun to watch. Thank you, Sherman, for the call. Daryl's at 239-1070. Daryl, hello. Good. How you doing, brother? How you doing? You working hard this weekend? I'm working hard. Hey, the reason I called, I've never been to a race out at the 500, never been to Carb Day. I decided I'm going to go this year to see what all the hubbub's about. Okay. And I'm going, to, I'm going to come up and buy you a drink. That is awesome. Or, you know, we can just probably just give, give each other drinks because there's going to be enough drinks out there given to us. Well, I don't know if we ever have to buy it. <laughs> well, i got to be careful because I'll be Ubering most of the day. But yeah. I, I, I decided I'm going to take that Band-Aid off and come out. And Good, man. I'm glad because I promise you this, you will have a blast. It's fun to watch everybody get loose out there a little bit. And if you're going to be drinking – Call an Uber. Yes, always, too. And, and Daryl, by the way, is the best Roman right now, the best to run. That is the – you're the Uber god out there. Because uh, you, you play the right show on Saturday night, too. You crank oh, up yeah. the JMV takeover in the car on Saturday night. I always have it on on Saturday night. Got it, buddy. Thank you. We'll see you out there on Friday. All right, brother. You take care. There you go, Daryl. Finally getting out there. It is going to be a good weekend this weekend, too. As you heard Jake mention with that track update, you've got a lot of speeds, a lot of drivers that are close. Uh, Tomorrow's going to be fun. Sunday's going to be fun. I'm going to be out there for a little bit coming up on Sunday as well. And you're right, Charles. Charles Bryant says, I lived in Portland when Sabonis played there. He was great even past his prime, and there's no doubt he was. It's just too bad we didn't see him in his prime or developing close to his prime. But he was certainly great even past it. No doubt. Jeff on Anything Goes, a little extra time at 239-1070. Hello, Jeff. Hi, JMV. Hello, Jeff. Have you any idea where 
Jim Brown uh, is on the the yards rushing list underneath Walter Payton? Um, a guess. Is he? Uh... Uh, cause that's whose record Walter Payton broke. What back in 1986? So I would say maybe 500 to a thousand. And then Emmett Smith broke Walter Payton's, I believe. Right. But Walter Payton's still the, the top, isn't he? No, I don't know. Not any longer. No, not any longer. Oh, no. All time rushing leaders in the NFL. Cause I yeah. think, I think Emmett Smith broke. I think Emmitt Smith broke his. Walter Payton? Yeah. So, yeah, Emmitt Smith is the all-time leading NFL rusher with 18,355 yards. Go ahead, James. It looks like Jim Brown is 10th on the list of all-time leading yeah, rushers. he is 10th on the list now. Let's let's see who's in front of him. With He is he is behind. Is he behind Tony Dorsett now? Yes, he is. And Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson, LaDainian Tomlinson, Curtis Martin, Adrian Peterson. He's behind Barry Sanders, Frank Gore, Walter Payton, and Emmett Smith. But Walter Payton Emmett broke Smith. his record. So Emmett Smith is number one. Yes. Hey, thanks, JMV. Jeff, anytime. Thank you very much. I was as big a Walter Payton fan as anybody out there. And remember that moment when Walter Payton broke his record. Yeah, Jim Brown, 57 through 65, 12,312 yards. BTR, you're next. Hello. JMV, how's it going, bro? Great, BTR. How are you? I got a couple things uh, on your Roadhouse obsessive anniversary. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Wade Garrett. Yes. Mr. Sam Elliott. You need to go to the archive and check out one of his early films. I seen it on like a channel years ago called Frogs. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> that was the horror movie about frogs attacking, oh, yeah. right? I believe frogs on an island or something. Yeah, and yeah, but, uh, that was what nineteen. I think that was nineteen seventy two for that. That was a precursor. That was kind of funny because that was before, like Jaws started all the kind of aquatic. You know, the, the aquatic predators. It had piranha. You had an octopus. Um, you had all the, you know, these other things started with Jaws. But this was a precursor to that. Yeah. Frogs. Frogs. Yeah. There was one where he was a lifeguard in the mid to late 70s, too, where he's running around out there in grape smugglers. And that's pretty funny, too. I forget what that's called, but he's in that. Uh, second thing, too, uh, yep. I, don't know, I called in a couple weeks ago uh, telling you about my father. Uh, uh, taught Derek Daly how to fly. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Um, I was talking to my dad uh, uh, recently, and uh, he, he was saying that uh, when was it, uh, back in the late 80s, he, he ran the 500 all. He finished the race. And my dad thought it was amazing that the day after the race, he came up to Sheridan and my dad gave him his check flight, which is like the final little precursor to getting your private pilot's license. Huh. Well done. I remember that story, BTR. That's well done. He thought that was uh, very awesome on the uh, 
what it takes to run that race athletically that he got up the next day, the next morning, and come did his check flight. <laughs> that is well done right there. BTR, thank you, brother. Have a great, right. great weekend. You, bro. you got it, man. JJ, anything goes. Hello. What's up, JMB? Hello, JJ. By the W. Hey, I'm the Damar guy. I'm going to catch you on one of your words. We're going to have another deal going on. If you remember me, my man. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. You just let me know. Hey, real quick. I, I, I rap, so when I leave on Saturday night, I'd like to hear some music. Where do I catch this JMB radio station to hear you? No, it's uh, 6 until midnight, right next door here. It's B105.7. It's live all-request radio. Tomorrow night, the JMB takeover, 6 until midnight, B105.7. I'm on that, man. Much love, man. Take it light. Right back at you, JJ. Thank you very much. Yeah, tomorrow night, JMV Takeover. All requests Saturday night, 6 until midnight. Nothing like it. Nobody does it. We go nationwide, too. Nationwide request tomorrow night, 6 until midnight on B105.7. James, great week. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, Mike Wells. Bob Lovell, Clayton Anderson, Clayton Anderson tonight, 8 o'clock in Franklin at the Amphitheater. Hopefully I'll see you there. Next, you've got the last word, trackside beyond the bricks, game two in the east, all coming at you on the fan. Have a great weekend.